0: Today, I wanna share with you uh, where we saw God at work uh, last year, and where we see God leading us into the the new year. 2020 started off with a lot of excitement and a lot of of promise. Uh, For the first three months, we were tracking to have another great year of growth and ministry. And then the virus came, and everything came to a screeching halt. We missed just about every metric and every goal that we had set. <laughs> the bright spot was uh, the Salem reopening. Uh, despite the virus and despite delays, we finally finished the building and started worshiping in September. and It's gone remarkably uh, well considering. Uh, we had set a goal of, of 40 people for an average worship attendance. But ever since we've opened, we've had over 60 uh, every single Sunday. And our vision was that it would become a place of, of hope and healing. And that's exactly what it is becoming. Giving was another bright spot last year, and we're so grateful for your generosity. Now, while November stewardship campaign fell short of our expectations, uh, we've been able to trim back the budget until we see how the first uh, few months of, of this year go. Well, of course, the best financial news of all is that we are now debt-free, yay. <laughs> and we can start to invest uh, those dollars into the mission and, and ministry here of, of Anderson Hills. Uh, Sunday morning attendance has changed a lot. <laughs> uh, just look around, you can see. <laughs> but by September, we begin to th- see things uh, stabilize. About a third of our congregation uh, worships now in person. Uh, about a third of our congregation worship, worships online. And then about a third or so have, have temporarily, we hope, uh, disengaged. And it's really hard to predict the future, but I do believe it's safe to say that when all this is said and done, that we're going to be a smaller church until we can uh, re-equip ourselves for, for the future. Our live-streamed worship services at the beginning Uh, We're at times uh, sort of shaky (laughs) and sometimes just totally collapsed, (laughs) but we continue to upgrade our equipment and to perfect our skills, and we now have viewers from all over the country who gather and join with us on Sunday mornings. Uh, One couple that watches uh, faithfully every week actually lives in Vermont. Uh, Their granddaughter is a member here, and I recently officiated at her wedding. Her grandparents wouldn't be able to travel here from Vermont because of the pandemic, so they learned some new skills. They learned how to watch uh, live streaming so they could watch the wedding live. Well, that got them connected to our church, and since their church in Vermont is closed, they have been watching us uh, every Sunday on, online. And stories like that happen uh, really on a regular basis. We reopened for worship on May 31st, and that's gone pretty well. Uh, student ministry on August 30th and children's ministry on September 20th. Unfortunately, our numbers have dropped substantially, and added to that, the number of volunteers who, who have quit. And tell you, sometimes we feel blessed just to be o- able to open our doors on Sunday morning. Now, Sunday morning attendance has also declined. Uh, events that bring new people into our building and, and help us to connect have been canceled or postponed. And so we had very few new members last year. Of course, it's also made pastoral care quite a challenge. I mean, pastoral care is is very much incarnational uh, ministry and face-to-face. No more hospital calls, no more nursing home visits. And so most of it's done either by phone or by email. Evangelism, the same issue. It requires human interaction and relationship. The one good thing is throughout this whole last year I have found people perhaps more open to the gospel than what I have found previously. They are looking for some hope. They are looking for m- the meaning in all of this, and so that has opened them up to, to hearing more about, about God's love for them. But I think what I'm most proud of is the way our staff and our leadership and, and you have been able to quickly pivot <laughs> to the new reality. Change can be very hard, amen, but we were able to do it successfully. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, uh, the Apostle Paul finds himself having to defend his apostleship. There were some in the church at Corinth who were very critical of his leadership, and neither were they willing to support him and Barnabas financially. And so they found they had to go out and and get work to support their ministries. In verses 19 through 23, Paul writes these words Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. And to those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but I'm under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. Verse 22 To the weak, I became weak, to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. And I do this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessings. Now this isn't Paul's version of when in Rome do as the Romans do. (laughs) He wasn't going to do something if it was wrong or, or moral or simply change for the sake of change. It's just that sharing the gospel was the most important thing for him. He was willing to do or to change whatever was necessary in order to win as many as possible. He is not going to be bound by, well, this is the way we've always done it kind of mentality. Now, while we often see change as a bad thing, change can be a gift from God. In fact, I believe that God uses events in our lives to help us to grow, to mature, and to experience His love and the love of others in a deeper way. You see, you're never too old to change, but you can become resistant to change at any age. And sometimes when we become resistant to to growth, when we become stagnant, when we refuse to move, sometimes God will send into our lives people or events that shake us up, that get our attention, that get us going and, and growing again. Sometimes God calls us to, to step out and to embrace the change despite our fears of letting go of the familiar. And it can take it to some potentially uncomfortable places. But that's part of the great adventure of life. You see, I, I've come to believe that that sense of, of adventure is part of our human nature. That it's easy to get restless or become bored if we're not being challenged on a regular basis. And I believe that's no different in our spiritual life. Sometimes God is is prodding us to move beyond where we are. Sometimes God says to us, come on now, you've been sitting in that same pew for 5 or 10 or 15 or 20 years, it's time you get up. Start doing something. So to find out what kind of movement our congregation is experiencing, we occasionally do a a survey. We did one last November to get an idea of how you are doing in your spiritual growth. 271 of you responded, and those of you who did seem to be growing in your spiritual life despite a challenging year. And we ask you to put yourself in one of four segments on the spiritual growth continuum. The first group is called Exploring Christ. These are people who have a basic belief in in God but are still unsure about Christ and how he fits into their life. The second group is called Growing in Christ. The people in this segment have a, a personal relationship with Christ and they are working on what it means to get to know him. The third is called Close to Christ. And people in this segment feel really close to the Lord and they depend upon him daily for guidance. Faith is a deep and personal significant force that is relevant to their every waking moment. And the last group is called Christ-Centered. People in this segment describe their relationship with Jesus as the most important relationship in their life, and it guides everything that they do. I think the word that best describes the people in this group is surrendered. So here's where you put yourself. 1% exploring, 23% growing, 47% close to Christ, and 30% Christ-centered. In 2017, the last time we sent out this survey, it was 8%, 34, 34%, 32%, and 25%. So the first two groups have declined, and the last two groups have seen significant growth. This is good. Your beliefs have matured. Your spiritual practices like fasting and reading your Bible and prayer and and worship and small group ministry and serving have have increased. Now the one area that our church has always struggled in has been sharing our faith, evangelism. And guess what? (laughs) It's still a struggle. And so this year we're going to focus on three areas. And the first is this. It's going to be evangelism, sharing our faith. You see, that's the very reason that we exist. Before Jesus ascended into heaven, he, he said these words to his, his disciples, found in Matthew 28. He said, Therefore go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age." Now, there's a couple of ways we're going to do that. One is what's called digital evangelism. It's using the Internet. It's using mobile and social media platforms to share the gospel. And it's perfect for a COVID world. Now, it's not broadcasting. You see, broadcasting is limited with a one-way communication. But digital, at its best, is relational. Did you know that there are 7 billion people on the planet right now? You are one of 7 billion. Did you know that 4 billion people are on the Internet? More than half. And that of that, 3 billion people are on social media. What it means is that you and I can be missionaries. (laughs) We no longer have any excuse for not sharing Jesus through these platforms. Another way we're going to do it is through Salem Campus. Despite the obstacles that we have encountered, God is bringing uh, new people to the church, and the church is welcoming them and and introducing them to to the community and and baptizing them and discipling them. See, one of the things that happens when you open up a new venue is that it attracts new people who might not have been attracted uh, to the new one. They have passed out some 2,500 door hangers. (laughs) Plus, the Thursday night meals has attracted the attention of the community in that area. Uh, Just a couple months ago, a a complete stranger, a woman that Sue Lee had never met, walked up to her and wrote her out a check for $1,000 because she had heard what was going on at the church and she wanted to support it financially. Now, secondly, we're going to start forming new bands. Now, this is not something that Danny and and Julie are going to do. These are not musical bands. In fact, it's not even a a new idea. It's an old one. Uh, John Wesley borrowed it from the the Moravians, and so it's really an old idea that's being revived for a a new time. You see, the Methodist movement began as, as John Wesley preached throughout England and Ireland and Wales with tremendous effect. Churches began to fill up. Society began to change for the better as, as lives were changed. But Wesley noticed how many people quickly fell back into their old habits and, and stopped coming to worship. And so he looked around for an answer, and he came up with the idea of, of bands to help new converts to begin growing in their spiritual life. And bands were the heart of the Methodist movement uh, until around the 19th century. So last year, we decided to, to test to see if bands uh, might work in our current situation at Anderson Hills. Pam Schwartz uh, recruited three other women. They did sort of a a beta testing of it, and they began to meet on a weekly basis. And as you heard in the video, it worked very well. All four of these women began to experience transformation. And so last fall, we decided to start a few more. See, they're perfect for a COVID era because they are very small. My wife, Melinda, started one, and she absolutely loves it. Now, a band is not a traditional small group. It's not a a Bible study. It's not a a fellowship group. It's made up of of three to five persons of the same gender who who read Scripture and pray and and meet uh, together to become the love of God for one another in the world. And each week, they answer these five questions. How is it with your soul? What are your struggles? And what are your successes? How is the Spirit and and how is Scripture speaking into your life? Do you have any sin that you want to confess? And lastly, are there any secrets or hidden things that you would like to share? You see, our vision for you, our vision for this congregation is spiritual growth. And what we've discovered is it doesn't happen unless there's some accountability. It doesn't happen unless there are deep uh, spiritual friendships. And so we're going to start eight more bands this year. And if you're interested, uh, Amy Tomlinson would love to talk with you. And then finally, we're going to continue to invest in our Fresh Expressions movement. You see, Fresh Expressions is a, is a new movement of missionary disciples who are cultivating new forms of, of church alongside existing congregations so we can more effectively engage our post-Christian society. Fresh Expressions started in 2004 in, in British Methodist churches and it resulted in the birth of, of thousands of new faith communities around the world ranging from messy church, uh, that's those who have young families. Or biker churches, or, or cowboy churches, or churches for artists, or churches who meet at work, or churches who meet after work. I mean, the sky's the limit. And each is an adventure in, in bringing the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ to, to people who might not otherwise encounter him. Since Jonathan started our Fresh Expressions ministry, we have formed venues at several retirement communities and breweries. He started one at Colorful Cupboard for our artists. Now, the the virus put a temporary halt to our retirement communities, but we've been able to restart the ones at Little Miami Brewery and, and Big Ash venues. You see, Fresh Expressions is a form of church for our changing culture established primarily for the benefit of, of those who are not yet a part of any church. And you and I, we need to make it a priority to to invite our friends and our family members and our relatives and our, our neighbors and associates to a, a fresh expression ministry. It's so easy to do. I mean who who in the world would, would say no to to going to a brewery an invitation? You see, our world is rapidly changing. And it needs a church that is rooted in Scripture and orthodoxy and tradition, but fluent in the language of our ever-changing contemporary culture. Now, my guess is that 2020 was a huge disruption to your life and has called you to make some, some changes, and perhaps a lot of them, most of them, you did not welcome or want to change. And some of the changes have been tragic. We know that. But some of them may have been a gift from God. I think one change for the good might be to start or to restart the practice of the six habits. You can sign a card today if you're here. If you're watching online, you can go to the event page on our website and you can click on that. And then the office will print them out and I'll sign them and and we'll send them back to you. Uh, if you did not get a card today as you walked in, if you'll just raise your hand, our ushers will bring you one. Uh, anybody need one? Okay, looks like we're good. And uh, if you did forget one, though, you can also grab one on the table as you leave. Fill it out, sign it, and there's a basket out there where we're going to collect those, and then we'll, uh, we'll fill those out for you and, and send them uh, through the mail. But let me end with this question. What is God calling you to change? You know what it is? It may be a new career. It may be a a new way of relating to your spouse or to your children or to your grandchildren because the old way just doesn't seem to be working anymore. Maybe it's time that we wake up. Maybe you've been stuck spiritually at the same place for for some time now, and and God is wanting to take you to the next level. But to do that, you're going to have to allow him to make some changes in your life. And I don't know what it is but I'll bet that you do. The old ways always feel better to us, but you know that it's time for the new. Don't let the moment go by. God is calling us. Say yes to that call. Well, I want us to close with the Wesley Covenant prayer. Methodists have been praying this prayer at the beginning of a new year for some 250 years. It's going to be up on the screen and basically it's a prayer of surrender to the Lord let's pray together I am no longer my own but yours put me to what you will place me with whom you will put me to doing put me to suffering let me be put to work for you or set aside for you praised for you or criticized for you let me be full let me be empty, let me have all things, let me have nothing. I freely and fully surrender all things to your glory and service. And now, O wonderful and holy God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are mine and I am yours, so be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, let it also be made in heaven. Amen. Amen.